0: Welcome back for another edition of the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Key Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. Rocky Mountain is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side by sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three day shipping with orders over 75 bones. It's so easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for everyone out there that loves to ride four wheels, two wheels, even three wheelers. There's not many of those out there anymore, but if you do ride three wheels, get some of that gear over at RockyMountainATVMC.com. That's right. Thank you, guys, for joining me once again. Another episode, another lovely Thursday afternoon in the studio of the high Desert. And of course, we cannot forget about Fly Racing and Racetech.com. Fly Racing, if you guys want the baddest gear out there, head over to FlyRacing.com and get the light hydrogen or EVO sets of gear. EVO is new and improved. Straight up, guys, EVO is much better in 2019 than it is in 2018. Lighter, more ventilation, flexible. Much like the light hydrogen. So go check it out, flyracing.com. If you guys have any questions, hit me hit me up on my email, I can answer them for you. But you can get that stuff over at Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com. And of course, Race Tech, get your stuff done, people. Get your oil change, get your spring rates right, get your valving correct, get your engine work done, rebuilds, whatever you got. Head over to racetech, racetech.com, and look around. It's that simple. They have everything you need from suspension to engine to even getting some refurb on your suspenders. 15 hours is the magic number to get your stuff rebuilt. Okay, every 15 hours you guys want your suspension, your oil, your seals, your bushings changed out, okay? That's the magic number. I change my stuff between 10 to 15. Obviously, you guys out there might not ride as hard as me or for the simple fact of you guys want a little bit better of a feel. Trust me, just getting your stuff rebuilt does do that. You don't have to go valve it. Maybe just go get your stuff rebuilt. Head over to Racetech.com, check them out. Thank you to the guys over there. Very cool dudes. Again, any one of my advertisers, you guys got questions, hit me up on my email. I will be happy to answer them. So we are here today once again to talk about dirt bikes specifically a red machine. We just had a podcast, what, I don't know, a few weeks ago. It was in Colorado all about the CRF450R and RWE. Well, now we're going to get some tips and tricks for you guys out there that just bought your 2019 Hondas. I've been riding the shit out of these bikes. Well, I shouldn't say these bikes. I should say just the R. I don't have the WE, but nonetheless... Any one of these things that I mentioned in this podcast today can go to your WE as well, and there are some out there, guys. I see a lot of them out there. You guys spent twelve thousand dollars on that thing. Whoo! It's a lot of coin, but it looks sick. It does look like Roxon. I tell you that much. I saw one at today at Glen Helen. I thought Roxon was testing. Nope, it was a forty-five year old novice just killing it at GH with his twelve K bike. Gnarly. But hey, I've been spending a lot of time on a Honda. I have a lot of time on Hondas. As you guys know, I may or may not have a little bit of say in some stuff that goes on with testing. But nonetheless, those guys over there are smart. Honda engineers, very smart guys. I mean, as I've been around a few manufacturers in my day. And some of the Japanese Honda engineers are some of the smartest guys I've ever met in my life. Very intelligent, very nice, very polite um, people. And they make a damn good product, especially for 2019. You guys go back and listen to my podcast about the bikes. Much improved from 2018. A little bit more compliancy in the chassis. Engine is, I'm going to say right now, the fastest engine in the 450 class. If you're looking for a race engine... Dude, Honda is where it's at. I read a a dyno chart today that said between all the the 450s, obviously the Honda was the fastest peak horsepower. But torque-wise as well, it's in the top three, and it's within 0.5 foot-pounds of torque from the leader. But 60 horsepower, peak horsepower, can you believe that? I remember, what, 10 years ago, we we would see a Ricky Carmichael, 60 horsepower, 450, insane. Well, now that's the norm, guys. That's what stock engines are like, 60 horsepower. I think the next closest engine might have been a Yamaha or a KTM. I'm not sure on this dyno. And once again, dynos vary. I get it. But it doesn't matter. On this dyno, it was 2.5 horsepower better than any other bike. We're dealing with a great motor. I was at Glen Helen this week riding the 450R going up Mount St. Helens. Coming from the bottom, it's really tight at Glen Helen right now. So you come down the hill, which I think they call Showy Mountain. I'm not sure. I could be wrong. And then you make a left right up Glen Helen, uh, Mount St. Helens. So you don't really have a lot of runway to get up this thing. And there's like staircases up this thing, right? So... You go up. It's a little slick in the morning. I'm telling you guys, if you're not up on that front of the tank, on on the front part of your handlebar slash tank, you will loop out. Wide open up this thing. I want to do drag races up Mount St. Helens with other bikes, but I feel like from the time I left the berm at the bottom, from the time I got to the top, it was literally three seconds. Like, it got up so damn fast. This motor is fast. And at times, for me, almost too much. Especially when I go to tighter tracks or when the track gets a little baked, it's almost too much. So that map switch that's on your handlebars, use it. Trust me, it comes in handy. All right? There's three maps. I use map one most of the time. Everyone's like, I use map three, bro. I want the most horsepower, bro. I want map three. Dude, calm down. You don't need map three. You can't ride it that hard. There's no way. It it, it spools up so quick on map 3. It's too much rolling corners. If your technique is off in map 3, dude, hang on for dear life because it's going to rip your arms off. Seriously. Map 1, guys, is a good, nice... It's probably the nicest map that you will get for most 90% of the tracks that you can ride. I went to a deep sand track. I went to Glen Helen. I went to Milestone. I went to Sunrise. I went to Comp Edge. I even went to a private track that has East Coast-like dirt, very deep, very tight, very ruddy. And when I'm talking ruts, guys, I'm not talking West Coast ruts where it's shallow and all of a sudden you have three feet of rut and then it it goes away. I'm talking 10 foot of rut coming in, six foot in the corner, and 10 foot going out. Very technical ruts. My buddy rips it deep. It's a track that I'm not going to talk about because I don't want to get emails of where this track's at. It's one of my private testing places that I go to and it's very good for East Coast type dirt. Granted, it is not as grabby as East Coast type dirt but it gets very clay-like and deep and ruddy. This bike, map one, is good. Leave it in map one. All right? If you guys think it's too much, there's no... No one's judging you on what map you're on, okay? Okay? I see these media outlets saying one, you know, map three. Dude, I'm telling you, map two, I can ride harder in map two here in the West Coast, I should say, than I can in any other map. Yes, map one is good and it's fun. It's broad. It's good for 90% of the tracks. But I'm telling you, when I do lap times back to back between map one and map two, I'm faster in map two. It may not be as exciting and fun to ride, but I'm quicker. Okay? So, For you guys out there I don't know what you're about I'm about lap times I'm about trying to go around the track All the way around the track In less time Because I want to beat Travis Preston Because he talks a lot of shit Well, Travis Map 2 on a Honda Is a TP killer Map 2 They should call Map 2 on the Honda TP killer Because I'm about 4 tenths to 5 tenths faster With Map 2 At every single track that I went to Besides the deep East Coast one, I was in faster in Map One. Why? Because you have better rear wheel connection. Because it's easier to ride. You can roll your throttle on. Everyone says KTM slow, Kiefer. Yep, it is a little bit slower, right? But you know what the KTM has, everybody? It has connection. It has. It's easy to ride. You can roll your corners better. It doesn't light up the rear wheel. Map Two is similar. It doesn't light it up. Okay. So just know that. Map 2 is okay to use. I feel like some of our riding brothers out there are such cool guys, or such you know dick measurers that they can't put <laughs> their bikes in Map 2. It's all right, dudes. Map 2 is not a pussy map. It's still very fast, but it's just a little bit more controlled. So basically, I just wanted to go over some maps with you and what I thought about them. I haven't changed ignitions in this bike yet because it's plenty fast enough. I haven't mapped it. The FI setting in this Honda is very crisp. It's more than I could say for KTM. KTM's mapping is very bad. Honda's mapping is very good. No decel pop, very clean. And I feel like the the air-fuel mixture of this map is very spot on. So kudos to the the guys over there at Honda and the Japanese engineers for getting a good FI setting. Because like I said in other podcasts, FI setting is everything with these new four-strokes, okay? It's everything. You get a good FI setting, it could make or break, good or bad, could make or break your 450 and how well it rides. Case in point, KTM. You get a good FI mapping on that bike, and the bike is great. Stock mapping, not so good. Hard to ride. Maybe that's why it's getting fifth, because of the mapping. So, trust me, guys. When you have a good map stock like a Honda, be appreciative, because some bikes in this 450 class don't come that way so I'll break you down some settings, some chassis settings, I did do this up on my website you can go to keyforinktesting.com and check it out I did some chassis and some suspension basically what I call you know base settings so if you can't get it here on this podcast head over to keyforinktesting.com and you can copy what's over there and you can check it out I kind of want to just tell you guys what I tried, what I've done, and what I've experienced with this bike. I've had the bike a little over a month, or right about a month, I would say. And we're getting ready to go in the shootout, so I want to get some settings to you guys before this thing is parked and kind of refurbed for shootouts, which is September 18th and 20th. So be on the lookout for that as well. Again, I ride a shit ton. I... I've been riding this Honda and the KTM a lot lately. I've been going back and forth and I can I could probably give, I could probably break down my I could probably give you guys my 450 shootout results right now, but I won't do that. Like I said in last week's podcast when I did the KTM tips and tricks, I'm not involved in my shootout. It's going to be up to my test guys to decide who wins blah blah blah. But I will do a podcast for my favorite bikes because I feel like I'm getting enough emails where you guys want to know which is my favorites and what bikes I like to ride. And I can break it down a little bit on my own podcast, and we will do that after shootouts. But again, this is a very racy motor. This is a very sharp handling chassis. Is it as sharp handling as in 2018 and 17? No, it's not. It's a little bit more calm, but it's still not as calm as a YZ or a KX chassis. Those two chassis for aluminum frames are the best in class. Now, steel frame is a whole nother topic. It's a whole nother feel. We won't get into that, but that is also very calm. But as far as we're talking aluminum frames, Honda is a little bit... Behind the eight ball when it comes to comfort. You go back 10 years. If you rode a 2009 or 2008, even a 2008 Honda and rode this 2019 CRF 450, it has a similar feel. It has a similar character to it. It's very precise. It corners well. It reacts well to the rider. But as you're going down straight straightaway, very fast, you go to chop the throttle, it does have a little wiggle. It does have a little deflection, unlike the blue and the green bike. Those bikes feel more couch-like, more planted, um, has a little bit more comfy of a feel when you start hitting square edge and some hard pack bumps. That's not to say that this Honda can't get a little better. It can, okay? With these settings I'm about to rip off to you in the suspension category here, it does help a little bit for what I call chassis settlement. It's not like a divorce settlement. Chassis settlement. You're making an agreement with your bike. Hey, I'm going to meet you in the middle, Honda. I'm going to meet your ass in the middle, and I'm going to get these settings. And yeah, I may not get everything I want, but you're going to give me a little bit, right? And I'm going to give a, give a little bit, and we're going to meet in the middle, so this is what I call my chassis suspension settlement. <laughs> because it's very... It's like going to a mediator when you're in a divorce. I haven't been through a divorce, almost, but I haven't yet. And I hope I never do. But for those of you guys listening that have been through a divorce, it's kind of like having a uh, an ex-wife that just agrees with what your demands are. Okay? Yes, you may be breaking up, but the breakup is somewhat at ease because you got what you needed in the relationship. This is what I call chassis suspension settlement. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to Scosche.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your Droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close like my house. I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just, I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So founded in 1980, Scosche Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic. You guys need to check them out, scosche.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Scosche develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Scosche finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Scoche is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's scokt 25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com, get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com, I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, skosh. Scotch. skosh.com. You looking for some good oil out there? I know you are because I get a lot of questions to my email inbox about oil. Heck, I'm at the track. People stop me and ask about oil. On the Pulp MX show, lots of callers. What oil should I run? So I'm going to let you on a little secret. I've been testing an oil that's called MotoBlood. Bloodlubricants.com. Go check them out over there at bloodlubricants.com. Go view everything they have. There's all different kinds of oils. You got an ATV, you got a street bike, you got a UTV, or you got a YZ450F in your garage. Bloodlubricants has an oil for you, okay? Jefferson Green, he's been in the oil industry for a long time since 1983. But he's been a motorcycle enthusiast for longer than that. So he wanted to create an oil that was good, that lasted a long time and didn't break down, and even cooled your engines down a little bit more than you're used to. Because, heck, I'm going to tell you something straight up. was testing this stuff a couple months, did a lot of temperature readings. Engine temps were always anywhere from 25 to 30 degrees cooler with the MotoBlood 1040. And you want to even know something that's crazier? It's 100% fully synthetic oil. You guys know me. Synthetic wasn't my choice when it comes to some bikes, right? I ran it in the Yamaha, and I ran it in the Honda. wasn't too stoked on synthetic oils. Well, went and tried this. No slippage, no drag, 100% synthetic. It 100% works. So, hey, go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Mention kefir in your order. Please order and get 25% off. It's that easy. And if you guys have any questions about this oil, hit me up over at chris at testing.com. I can discuss more what it does for you, what it does for your bike. But hey, it's in my test bikes right now. I've had zero failures. It's really reliable oil. It's very good. 100% synthetic. Go check them out. Bloodlubricants.com Have you been to racing.com yet? If the answer is no, go there right now. ruttedracing.com They have shirts, hats, hoodies, cute stuff for your chick, for your lady, for your wife. Man, it's cute. I put Heather in some of this stuff before bedtime and, well, that's all I'm going to say about that. But nonetheless, go check them out, ruttedracing.com. They have a bunch of cool stuff and not only do they have cool streetwear, but Clint is designing some gear. That's right. If you're a taller dude, 6'2", maybe over, he's going to have the set of gear that you want to be in longer arms a little longer length, materials are going to be awesome, I saw some of this gear and man it's going to kind of change the game for you taller dudes out there, so it's not out yet, so pump the brakes, but before we get all hyped up on this stuff go to RuddedRacing.com buy some stuff, they support us, they support the bear, Tyler Bowers, and Henry Miller, so hey go check them out, won't you, RuddedRacing.com One of my first sponsors ever was FMF Racing. I wrote resumes. That's right, handwriting for you young bucks out there. Handwritten resumes and mailed them out, licked the stamps, sent them off their way onto every company that had an address in these magazines that I looked at when I was younger. I was a 125 novice, 14 years old, sent my resume off. And I literally camped out by the mailbox, every night, hoping to get something back that says, we've accepted your sponsorship, now you're a rider. And you know what? One day, guess what showed up? A letter from FMF Racing. And you know what it said inside of it? Congratulations, Chris, you just got 60% off. Can you imagine that? 125 novice, 60% off? Dude, I thought I made it, I thought I was in. I couldn't wait to tell my dad that he was going to save money and we're going to buy like 87 silencers and pipes now because we saved him so much money. (laughs) Nonetheless, those guys were on board with me a long time ago when I was very young, and now they're back on board with this podcast. I think it's very cool, and thank you, Little D. And you guys know I don't want any advertiser on here unless I back their products and I back FMF Racing and the quality that it comes with. For 45 years, they've approached everything they do at FMF as riders first. That's why it means the world to them to be on top of every major reader survey, okay? They wanna make exhaust systems that you want. They wanna make exhaust systems they want. So it makes sense. It's, they're stoked when they hear guys say, hey man, I love your product. Trust me, I've been around Little D long enough. He loves that stuff. There's nothing more joyful in a guy's business to know that their products work. Same thing goes for my podcast, guys. So founder Don Emler is hands-on today as he was in the beginning. He's out there grinding, welding. Quality is his first concern. He builds everything from the ground up in the USA where you can oversee and control manufacturing. At FMF, they approach everything with the same mentality. Whether you're playing on the trails or backing the fastest names in racing, they set out to be number one. Thanks to all of you, fellow riders, we're leading the pack. They are leading the pack because of you guys out there buying the products. So as you guys know, you guys go back into my podcast. I talk about FMF, great products. Head over to fmfracing.com. Get yourself set up. Go look and see what they offer because they offer a lot. If you have any questions, hit me up, chris at keepringtesting.com, and I'll answer them for you. Thanks, FMF. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. They are on board with the KieferIncTesting.com, Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 6DHelmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race proven. I'm telling you guys, and it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 6D Helmets. Hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 6D. Screen done dot com. I hate it when they put sirens in commercial. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I wish I had that shirt. would cover my boy boobs nicely. Screenprintingdone.com We make, make kick-ass time. t-shirts. It's made with bits of real panther. We get it done. So you know it's good. Screenprintingdone.com Screenprinting... <laughs> Screenprintingdone.com So real quick, I'm just ripping this off real fast to you guys. 170 to 195 pounds. If you're in that target range there, you can use a stock spring rate. Stock spring rate is, is fine. But get your compression clicks between 8 to 10. I give you guys a range because I know you're not maybe exactly what I, how I ride or exactly my weight. So between 8 and 10 is a good compression range for clicks. Now, I get some of you guys that email and say, well, we're stock. Grab your owner's manual. Don't ask me. That's what your owner's manual is for. Read it. for Inc. app is coming. That'll be in there as well. So all of your information is in your owner's manual or the for Inc. app that will be out soon. Trust me. It's been kind of a nightmare for me. and got some bugs worked out just recently, so it's coming. Just be patient with me. I know it's taking a long time, but got a lot of shit going on. So compression on the fork, 8 to 10 clicks, rebound 10 to, cli- 10 to 11 clicks out, and you want your fork height between 3 to 5 millimeters. I've experienced some, uh, I don't know, I've experienced some tracks that I liked three millimeters up in the in the in the clamp, and then I also liked tighter tracks like like Milestone. I liked it up five millimeter. Okay, the shock, stock spring rate five point six, race sag one oh seven, high speed compression. You want three to three and one quarter turns out. Low speed, eight to nine clicks out. Rebound six to seven clicks out, okay? Again, if you guys can't write this shit down when you're listening to this podcast, go to keyforinktesting.com. It's on there. Just click on um, chassis and suspension um, update on a Honda CRF450, and that's where it's at. Now, let me discuss this chain adjustment thing that I've been talking about. If you guys are going to a 50-tooth rear sprocket, which you can, I'm not hating on it. I know we're talking about Jodyisms here, but... Um, if Jody said go to a 50 tooth wrist rocket, that's fine. I can see that. That's legit. In stock form, as fast as this engine is, I feel like I can't run third gear quite as good as I do on the Yamaha. I love third gear in corners. I love being lazy and I love going fast. If I can go fast being lazy, that's right up my alley. So adding a tooth will help pull third gear more. If you don't have a problem pulling third gear... And disregard it, just run a 49. But going to the rear wheel placement, okay? In stock form, Honda runs their, their rear wheel too far forward, in my in my experience. So when I saw this, I took it upon myself to get another chain. Stock gearing 49, 1349. I got a half-link. But you can get anywhere. You can get a half link. Don't stress. People are saying, oh, half link's not going to be strong. I've never had a chain break on me with a half link. Okay? Never have. And I, I ride a lot. Okay? So don't freak out on that. Just get a good chain. Good DID chain is what I like. DID golds, ERT or whatever. And you might need a half link to get the desired length. But I run my wheel almost all the way back. So all the way back is... One to three marks from all the way back. Okay? I think stock is anywhere between five to six marks. Well, now we're going two to three. Alright? If you guys can get the desired length out of a chain, which I couldn't from a new chain, with stock gearing, I had to go to a half length to get the desired length that I wanted. That's what you want to be at. You want to be at anywhere between one to three marks. I was right in the middle in two and I'm telling you guys what, that little bit, okay, running your rear wheel back helps so much with a planted feel of this bike. Not also does it help with planted feel. You are able to leave your fork height between four to five millimeters so it doesn't hurt turn in ability with this Honda. This is what this Honda does so well. First things guys do in these shootouts, they drop the fork down. Hey, it's not stable, I'm dropping the fork flush or one to two millimeters. Well, that hurts turn-in. No matter which way you slice it, it hurts it. It makes it feel a little bit heavier on lean-in. And it doesn't have the sharp, precise handling feel like it does come with stock. So now, we still keep that ability, right? So we're keeping that lean-in angle, we're keeping that sharp turning, but now we're increasing some stability with this rear wheel change. It is a very good change, it's a very minute change, but it does work. I get people all the time, there's no way, Kiefer, you can feel three fucking millimeters on a handlebar. Bullshit, I can. You guys can too, trust me. You guys may not think you're that sensitive, but I'm saying, with this change, with this rear wheel change, you will be able to feel it on the track. Do yourself a favor. Get your stock chain, whatever, you have that right. Put that in a box. In your garage, get your new chain, get it cut to where you need to go, put your rear wheel back, get it all measured up, linked up. Boom, you got that, okay? Take that off. Go put your stock chain back on, put your rear wheel where it was stock, go ride it. Take it to the track, go ride it. And now you have this other chain, right? Boom, get off the track, get this other chain on, you have it already mapped out, you already know where it's going to be at, you have the half link involved, everything's all ready to go. Boom, get that on, go on the track and tell me you don't feel the difference. Guys, it's a good, cheap way to get a better handling Honda. Little things like that, just small, little things that may cost you under a hundred bucks, you know, under a hundred dollars for a chain, guys. And you're going to get a big difference on the track. I love it because I get less wiggle when I chop the throttle going from wide open. I get more of a planted acceleration feeling when I'm hitting some choppy, crappy, um, square-edge stuff on the track. And to me, just the whole chassis feels slightly more compliant. Yes, you still feel a rigid feel, but just stability is up and you get the same amount of cornering ability that you get from the stock settings. That's what I like. So try it if you guys want a little bit more of a planted feel. Again, if you guys have no problems with your Honda and you like it, just disregard what I'm saying. Ride your bike. Don't worry about it. I'm not here to tell you everything that I'm saying you must do. I'm just saying if you do have these problems, and a lot of people do, Try these settings. It will help you, okay? So again, rear wheel, I explained that to you. You want it between one and three marks from all the way back, all right? Any questions, hit me up, Chris, at keyforinktesting.com. For you big fellas out there, 195 and up, all you Gary Sutherlands out there, you guys are just smacking down the Twisted T's, Coors Lights, eating Sammy's pizzas. That's cool. You're going to need a heavier fork. Fork spring and a shock spring, though, alright? It's gonna help the balance for you guys. You'll get less pitching and it will keep the fork and shock up in the stroke a little bit, and you'll get more stability. Go to a 5-1 spring. You guys can't find a 5-1 spring, split the difference. Put a 5-0 and a 5-2. That makes it a 5-1. Okay? That's the poor man's way of doing it. That's how I rolled it. That's how I, you know, tested with it. I have a buddy that's 205. Actually, I have two buddies. That's two hundred and up. And one of the buddies like like this setting a lot. Excuse me. So spring rate 0. .51. Again, you get a five two one five two spring, one five zero oh, spring. That's a five one compression. You want eleven to twelve clicks out. Rebound nine to ten clicks out. And fork height four to five millimeters. Okay. Shock, spring rate, 5.8. We're going up in the spring, right? Race sag, 107 to 108. High speed compression, 3 to 3.5 turns out. Low speed compression, 12 to 13 clicks out. And rebound, 10 to 11 clicks out. That's a big boy setting. That's 195, 220. Again, if you're over that, I would try this setting. It may not be perfect, but this will be a good base setting to help you um, keep the stability, keep that cornering technique that you guys should have with this Honda because this Honda should make you a better cornering rider because that's one of the things that it does so well. I just wanted to get some more stability and this is the reason why I want to do this podcast. This is the reason why I want to do this article to try to add a little stability to this Honda. Roxon. Same difference. When he works on his stuff, he likes the sharp turning motorcycle, but when you're going fast and outdoors and going as fast as he is, you need stability, guys. You need a bike that's predictable, that's not going to go deflect off a bump when you're trying to push the bike. So when we talk about a box, a little small box, right? I'm using my pen on my paper right now as I talk to you guys. You, you draw a box on a piece of paper, all right? Now draw a bigger box next to that. That smaller box is the Honda. The other big box is like a Yamaha and a Kawasaki. You can make changes in that box and move around a lot more than you can with the Honda. When you nail a Honda setting, it's very good. But when you're off of a Honda setting, it's very bad. So what Honda needs to do and what we're trying to do is get you the right setting, okay, a good base setting... But the engineers at Honda need to give us consumers a bigger box to work in. So when we do make changes, it's small amount of bad, but it gives you more of good. Okay, so less bad, more good. That's the benefit of a Yamaha and a Kawasaki. Is you get that? Honda, again, precision is <laughs> is the word that some guys use on Honda. Is precision, but for me precision means um, I can't get off I can't vary that much okay in my settings I gotta stay on course and if I'm not on that course it gets mighty bumpy so try this setting try the rear wheel guys I'm telling you it's a good um, it's a good way for most people out there unless you're riding really tight tracks but I suggest run the rear wheel back a little bit as much as you can, okay? So if you guys can't afford a chain, just try to get the rear wheel as far back as you can with, while keeping the chain adjustment tension, you know, two fingers. You guys know the drill on that. Two to three fingers from the chain slider. Um, and just always just make sure that chain tension is correct because you don't want it too tight to where you snap a chain. So just make sure you guys always pay, a chan, pay attention to your chain um, tension, as far as chassis settings, that's, that's basically what I've got going on right now. I've tried the 2018 Honda engine mounts that I like so much in the 18 frame and swing arm. I tried it on the 19 recently. It didn't make that much of a difference. I wasn't so stoked on it that I wanted to go buy the mounts and put it on the 19. I tried the front mounts. I tried the top mounts. The medium top mounts helped a little bit on straight line. But I didn't like any of the front titanium mounts. I went back to stock. The front tie mounts, any one that I tried, did not like. So for you guys out there with the 2019 Honda, don't worry about ripping gas tank bolts out. Don't worry about going to engine mounts. What you you guys can do, you can back off the swing arm pivot bolt three to five foot pounds, and that does help a little bit, but that's the only thing I would recommend. Don't be ripping bolts out like we used to do on the older bike. The frame has a little bit more compliancy in 19. The swing arm has changed, so some of those things we did in 17 and 18 don't apply to this new bike, all right? So if you had an 18, don't use every nook and cranny of your notes that you have for your 18 and use it for your 19 Because it doesn't all apply Okay, um, Mufflers, I tested some mufflers out recently Honestly I don't know if Pro Circuit sell these mufflers But I did try a set of mufflers from Pro Circuit That were longer And they look like little piss holes Coming out of these mufflers Really tiny outlets I'm telling you guys It looks like a little piss hole Very tiny But what that does It creates back pressure And so that way It keeps some good bottom end excitement feeling From these mufflers It's the first set of Pro Circuit Honda mufflers that I really did like and I would like think about buying. So if they do sell these mufflers, ask them. But they're a longer muffler with little tiny piss holes. I know Intecnap runs one. Um, Fasciati had them. So I do not know if they're race spec mufflers. But you want to create more back pressure with the Pro Circuit mufflers so the smaller diameter outlets are better. FMF makes a good muffler. It's very loud, but it does make good bottom to mid-range power. Yoshimira again, nice sounding, probably the best sounding mufflers out of the bunch, but again, good bottom to mid-power, and if you're looking for more top between the three, I would say FMF produces a little bit more on top. And Yoshimura puts a little bit more bottom to mid down. Pro Circuit is in between those two. I would say in between um, the Yosh and the FMF for bottom end, but very good top end. So all those three companies have very good mufflers for this bike. So if you're looking for a muffler, that's the way to go. You can drop some weight. I uh, did not try a single on this bike yet, but plan on doing so very soon. I like the stock handlebar on this thing. I think the bend is good. Again, same problem with last year's clutch. Invest in a clutch, people. Honda doesn't have the clutch down yet. It's hard to pull. It does fade. I haven't had a clutch fiber break, so none of that has happened to me yet. Similar to 2017 when I had a clutch fiber break on me. That hasn't happened yet, so I hope and I think they have fixed that problem. Again, Very fun bike to ride, guys. Very exciting. It won last year's shootout. 2018 Honda won the shootout. It's doing good in other shootout. I think it got second in Vital Shootout. Second or third, I'm not mistaken. Uh, It did good in Trans World Shootout as well. And also, there's some more coming up next week. I'm sure Dirt Bike will be releasing theirs. And, of course, Motocross Action. I saw them out today, and they are out doing shootouts right now as well. And, of course, Kiefer Inc. shootout. 450 will be September 18th and 20th. And uh, you can listen to that here, right here. And, of course, we'll have that on Pulp and keep Testing, an article if you guys don't want to listen to this bullshit. So that's basically some settings that I wanted to re- reach out to you guys and talk about Honda. Again, fun bike to ride. Just run pump gas. Don't be worried about race gas and all this stuff. Um, it's It's plenty fast enough, guys. Again, don't worry. Map 2.0. It's fine to use Map 2. I like Map 2. It's okay. Just because it says mellow doesn't mean we're all pussies, all right? Sometimes a little bit slow over 450 isn't that bad, especially for us guys out there that are not factory riders. So, um, Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys listening. I know this was a quick one. It wasn't the longest uh, podcast, but I appreciate you guys listening. But I wanted to get this information out to you because I got a lot of Honda people hitting me up. Out of everything that I post on my Instagram or my website, Honda is always a very attractive motorcycle for a lot of eyes. So, again, Honda, I would say, probably has, if not the number one selling bike, they would in the number two selling bike. Honda's always had a great following, and I can see that through my emails and on my website. So, um, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week for, most likely... How to Ride Beginner's Guide to Riding I've been working on this for a while Been very fun to do I have uh, my good friend Madison Loop She knew nothing about dirt bikes She never rode before I taught her how to ride She has now got the bug She has been bitten, guys 16 year old, loves to ride Got her a TTR 125 And she is into it So we will go over on how to ride a little bit How to get someone into riding Without scaring the shit out of them And how to keep them motivated and keep them on the bike. And we'll go over everything from tips, how to learn how to ride, what gear to buy, anything that has to do with beginner's guide to riding, we will hit all that up. So thank you guys for listening. Please support our advertisers on the show. I use the products myself. Again, they would not be on this podcast if they weren't good and I wouldn't buy them myself. If... You guys are out there wondering anything about these products. I said that three times, okay? Hit me up on my email. Trust me. I'll answer it. I'll get back to you and give you an honest some, some honest feedback. So thank you guys for listening. I'll hit you guys back up next week. Enjoy your weekend. See ya.